0: If you can hear some baby sounds, I apologize. Well, actually I don't apologize because who doesn't like a baby sound? I don't think he's going to start crying. He should be asleep. Um, That's little baby Becca Brown. Becca Brown, who was born two weeks and two days ago. And he is delightful. He is tiny. I mean, he's a lot bigger than when he was born, but he is Still pretty minute as was expected, given that he was a little bit early. Well, he was he was induced early. And this is the podcast where I'm going to explain what happened. I did, I think, 16 episodes of being pregnant with him. And the entire duration of that, I was quite clear that I thought I was gonna be induced. And I was right. I was induced quite quickly, actually. Um, I went in for a scan on a Monday and I think I was 36 weeks pregnant for this scan. And she it took quite a long time her finding um, a few things. Nothing was wrong, but I think I probably explained this in the last podcast. I'm sorry if I have, but um, she was very sweet and the doctor knew that I'd had COVID and I've been sick for quite a long time and it was my fourth child and, I don't know, she kind of sensed that I was feeling a little bit uh, under the weather and she said, what would you like to do? Would you like to be induced early? Um, The baby's big enough, but, you know, what would you like to do? We recommend you're induced early because he's small, but you could not be induced if you don't want to be. Um, and you could see how it goes. But we recommend that you're induced. And you know, I just was like, yeah, I'll be induced. Thank you. I didn't really think it through. I I didn't think about it until after. Because initially she said, "And what about this, like a couple of days time? Um, No, sorry, the following Monday. No, no, that weekend, sorry. So basically when I was just 37 weeks, exactly. And I was like, that's a bit soon. I've got some things to do. Um, Could it be the next Monday, maybe? Uh, in actual fact, I was induced 37 and five, which is, you know, it's lasted quite a while. I think, um, I think, I don't know really why I was induced. I let her be the one deciding on the induction. Cause I did have at the back of my mind, if I'm induced and the baby's not ready to come out and then something goes wrong, it's going to be on me because I'm impatient. And I wanted to just gather the, I don't know, the evidence for why I should be induced. And it seemed to be that I was induced, you know, what was it was written down. I was induced because of the baby being small and worried about the growth. But as I've explained before, I think that actually I just have small babies. My mum had small babies. Um, And I think he would have been still the smallest of the four had he lasted a bit longer in the womb. But he's he's not extremely small. He was born five pounds three, which is tiny actually, isn't it? Five pounds three. And he's probably now about five, six, maybe five, five. Sorry if that's not clear. I don't know what that measurement is either. I think it's pounds. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, this probably is going to be a very stunted podcast because I'm going to have to do it in chunks because this little baby needs my boob. Um, I'm feeling quite zen right now, which is a very weird position. I mean, for me to be in on the floor in, in a zen, in a zen mood. Um, that's not very much my vibe. Um, <laughs> I'm also just pre- sure that he's about to start screaming actually. He's quite a chill baby. I can't say chill. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a very good feeder, which has been a huge joy right off the bat rooting. Apparently when he came out, I didn't see cause I was facing the wall, just recovering. Um, Rooting for my boob immediately and did latch very quickly and fed instantly and has done ever since, which has been brilliant. Um, I'm really waiting for the vomiting to start. I'm just prepping myself for that because Donnie was such, so, I mean, sorry, 10 had his um, extreme reflux. So I am, um, I, I hope that he doesn't have the same thing. Uh, he shouldn't, he should be fine, but at least I'm prepared. We haven't slept very much in the last two weeks, obviously. Everything has um changed in our flat because Alfie has just left for Australia for six weeks, um which sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? but I assure you I did encourage him to leave um not in a breakup way, just in a go and do your job way, and we'll see you on the other side of the first six weeks of this baby um that was always in the, the plan the deal and if you do like Alfie and I've seen his show which actually won an award the other day um he we do he does talk quite openly about the deal for having this baby and um actually no it was the last baby to be honest so he's actually him going to Australia right now is him fulfilling his deal for 10 uh, we haven't sorted out the deal for Becca yet um you don't need to know any more about that. That's fine. I did write in, in full this birth story on Patreon, but I thought it would be nice to just recap and for people who don't want to spend £3 a month reading my diary entries and other videos I do with Bebe, um, I thought it would be nice just to recap in slightly shorter form about how the birth went and the induction went. Um... So I'm going to just take me, me and you, me, me. I'm going to take myself back to that Monday when I was induced. Um, When you're induced on the NHS, they say it's all so strange because when Donnie was born and Margot was born, you had a file, like a paper file. (laughs) Um, But everything is now done on an app, which is great, but also quite disconcerting because you just get a message saying this is when your induction is happening turn up at nine. Actually, it says, do not turn up at this time that stated, wait for a call. Um, It's just weird to get all the information that way, like blood results. And yeah, I'm not used to it. Um, I find it a bit strange, but I did get this email saying you are going to be induced on this date. Do not turn up at the hospital at this time, which I've just mentioned, but you should receive a call by 1pm. If you do not receive a call by 1pm, call us and we will find out why. I knew I wouldn't get a call before 1pm and I was already anxious because I I was meant to have these antibiotics for my previous strep B and there'd been kind of different views on when I should have the antibiotics and I was told by a few people that I should have the midwife, um, sorry. I should have the midwives. I should have the antibiotics in the morning of the induction, wait four hours, then have the second dose and then start the induction. But when I rang the hospital, because I still hadn't got a call by 1 pm, they were like, no, 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 you don't need that. You just come in. Just come in and we'll do it when the induction starts. So that was a little bit worrying. um, But I just let it be. I was feeling a little bit weird because. By complete coincidence, um, this date is the date of my brother's death, Um, my brother Ben, who died now three years ago. So I actually kind of, in a very strange way, wanted Becca to be born on the same day. Um, I can't explain why. I just did. It felt significant to me. And it was complete. When it was clear that I was going to be induced on the same day, it just kind of felt like it was a little message from Ben but so because i hadn't got the call by 1 i was already growing annoyed that i don't know that date um you know he might not be born on this date and it was going to take a long a, a little bit longer than i thought um so i got through to the hospital and they were like yeah come in at 4 so my mom had the kids by this point um which was weird saying goodbye to 10 because he's so tiny. And I was saying goodbye to 10. He was my baby. And then kind of knew that when I got back, he wasn't going to be a baby. Also, I feel really guilty. Some very nice woman commented um, under something I posted. Your baby is not 18 months. It's 17 months because my baby was born a couple of days later. So I, I've i been saying that he's 18 months. No, no, no. He's seven. I feel so bad. I've just, just got my child's age wrong in months, which is... If if you're a weird person like me and just need to know exactly how many months and days your child is at all times, then I feel very guilty that I didn't do that. So on the day of Becca's birth, 10 was exactly 17 months Um, and a baby. I've slept with him every day since he was born in my armpit. He's so bonded with me and I, I knew saying goodbye to him, it would be completely different when I got back. Um, so I felt very strange saying goodbye to him. And Donnie and Margot were sure that I would be, you know, I would have a photo of the baby by the end of the day. And I kind of didn't want to let them down, down either. Anyway, got to our stop up. Me and Alfie recorded our last podcast, which um you might have listened to the induction special. You can tell I was very anxious in that podcast, can't you? I was quite snippy. Um, but I actually did quite like snippy. Is that a word? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so. It was nice to have that time with Alfie and to, I don't know, he was he was very good. He was very, very fun the entire time, actually. And it was less stressful than it's been, in a way, before. It was just us and that was quite nice. Um, it felt, I don't know, it was a very and i hadn't really been explicit with alfie about the date and that significance um, i'm completely rambling sorry because the baby's kind of making his his putting his fist in his mouth anyway we got to the hospital and i had all my pillows i really advise you to take your own pillows when you go into the hospital just because you're never going to get comfortable and we were immediately given a room the labor room It was, you know, they were going to get the show on the road. I was quite happy about that. I still thought it would happen quite quickly. I just received a text from my mum via a midwife friend of hers saying in capital letters, do not let them break your waters because of previous precipitous birth. So basically 10 is, uh, his birth was, is, is now I realized termed precipitous because he came out within 45 minutes of my waters being broken. Um, and because of that reason, you're you're kind of warned if you're ha- going to have another induction that it could happen very quickly. And also, so many people have said to me, oh, fourth one will come very quick, come very quick. Um, so I was fully expecting to have this baby before midnight. And I don't know, I was terrified that something would go wrong, but I was still th- assuming that whatever was going to happen was going to happen quite quickly. Um, but it did not happen quickly. And it was not straightforward and it, I did have to have my waters broken first because I was already two to three centimeters dilated, which I kind of knew because I was feeling ready in those days before. Oh, Becca. Okay. I'm just going to pick up. I think that might have to be part one. That's part one and I'm going to continue part two tomorrow and I've got to remember where I was. I was, my waters just been broken. I was two to three centimeters dilated. All right, stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? You know, in that final bit of girls, like the final episode, Lena Dunham is, but I mean, Hannah is breastfeeding her baby and you just hear these like little baby suckling as the credits roll. And I always found that quite gross. So I'm sorry if you can hear this baby sucking my massive boob right now <laughs> but needs mass. that's what I've got to do it's the only time I've got basically my mum has 10 and Bibi has Donnie and Margot and Alfie is in Sydney or Melbourne one of them and I am trying to use this evening to sleep because I have not done much of that Anyway, so the cannula went in really badly. She kept saying, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. Oh, God, why did I do this? As the needle was trying to find blood in my cold, cold veins. Um, an anesthetist was called in and very quickly and smoothly did it in my right hand. But I was quite upset because the needle was quite inhibiting for movement. And um, I already felt like, oh, I want to be really active for this birth because I had been with previous births and I wanted to be on all fours, like pushing down on my hand. So the needle was going to definitely affect that side note. I don't know how anyone gives birth lying down. I just, it's so hard. It's so much harder. Um, if you have an epidural, you have to lie down, but then the pain is less. So I can see that. And I did that with Donnie, but really, don't know how women do it lying down like they do in films. I don't think anyone does it like that. Do you do it like that? If you have done it like that, let me know your method because fucking hell, I just, every time I sat back down to push or, you know, have a contraction, it was so much worse. Anyway, my waters were broken very quickly and then nothing happened as expected. For me, because with Donnie and Margot, my waters were broken and then nothing happened. Even though Ten's waters were broken very quickly, I think now we can just basically conclude that his birth was bizarre. Um, So two hours passed. Me and Alfie tried to play our birth playlist, which was quite funny. Um, A lot of the Beatles, a lot of the National. I wrote the whole playlist down on Patreon. Um, We were kind of quite jovial and happy and... He went out to get me a huge venti sugar-free vanilla nut blend fucking latte, um, which I downed before they did a membrane sweep, which I had to... They said, you should probably have some gas and air for this. And I was like, it's just a membrane sweep. That sounds like it's fun. It's not fun. A membrane sweep is really, really horrible. And the gas and air, I, I did my first blackout on the gas and air, which I kind of didn't really ever rate gas and air as much as I do now. It's fucking great. Sorry, I'm swearing so much. I think it's because I'm not used to this having a baby on my boob whilst doing a podcast. Um oh he's just touching the microphone. Yeah it's a good microphone. Let's hope it doesn't um so membrane sweep agony did nothing waiting 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 the clock is ticking i'm getting growing more anxious that the baby's not going to be born before midnight and i just had this feeling like this is going to be harder than i am prepared for and i had for the last few weeks been feeling very scared and i don't think i said it that much on this podcast but i think partly the reason why i wanted to do the podcast was because i was scared I don't know why I was so much more scared this time of the pain and of something going wrong. And I now realize, I think I am still recovering from Ten's birth. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on trauma and stuff, but I think I am probably still reeling a little bit from the trauma of him coming up so quickly and then being taken away so quickly. And just assuming that something awful would happen with this birth too, because how dare I have something go okay and smoothly? How dare I? Um, I don't know. I think grief does that to you. It makes you question everything. And then especially on this day, I grief was so near to me the entire time. And now I do realize as well that, when people say, "Oh, death and birth are so linked," I really do understand that now. They really are. I don't want to start crying, so I'm gonna probably just take a little pause now. It's so funny when you just look down and there's a baby just eyeballing you and clutching your boob. Um, another memory which I, I, uh, I used to think, well basically you have one boob out the entire time in the first few weeks of having a baby there's always a boob out and i forgot that i just completely forgot that um okay so had the membrane sweep i'm not going to cry as you can tell i'm quite hormonal more hormonal than i've ever been in my life but i think quite happy at the same time extremely hormonal but Quite happy. Very happy, actually. Um anyway. So it got to about nine o'clock and the doctors came in. The doctor tried a bit too hard to be funny. Um was asking us what's on our playlist and stuff, and it was awkward. It was just awkward. You know how I you know, I just want to know what we're doing now. I don't want to now have a chat, chit chat. I'm not good at small talk anyway. So can we just get on, get on with it? Um, but we had to be like funny. Um, and Alfie's very good at being funny on, on cue. So we did a little laugh. They were like, "Right, I think we're going to have to do the oxytocin. I know you didn't want that because of the, the pain and having oxytocin with Margot was just hell. Um, so we'll start you on a very low dose of oxytocin and see if that gets things moving. They started me on a very low dose of oxytocin. It did nothing. This baby did not want to leave. And again, I'm just thinking, shit, is this my fault? Should I not be having this induction? Is this... Am I gonna have a failed induction? I felt like I was failing, it was bizarre. So it got to about midnight and I've been moving around all day now. Um, I've been busy, I've been preparing. From the moment we got to the hospital, I didn't really sit down, I was on the ball, I was moving around even though I had this cannula in and I was having to drag the antibiotics everywhere. Um, I was just so adamant that if I kept moving, the baby would drop down, my cervix would increase, I mean, dilate more, and it would happen, It would. the pain would be over quicker. Um, that was always my motive. Less pain, move more, less pain for longer, for, for quicker times, just get this baby out. Um, so they said, look, why don't you just sit down? Why don't you just lie down for a bit? And I said, I can't lie down. I, I have to get this baby out and it has to be before midnight, please. I just need to do this. They didn't understand why I was so kind of wanting it to be over so quickly. I didn't want to say, well, my brother died three years ago on this date and I want it to be the same date because of some weird reason. I can't explain to you, but I didn't explain that. I didn't even really say that to Alfie. I just just saw the clock ticking and it now being past midnight and feeling completely bereft and sad and worried and scared. Um, They said, just, why don't you lie down? I said, I can't lie down. They said, please, like, why don't you, we'll give you this peanut ball that just looks like a giant pair of balls. It looks silly, this ball. It's like one of these pregnancy balls, but it's shaped as a peanut. (laughs) The peanut ball. As a joke, I said, okay, fine, I'll lie down. Alfie, why do not you put in the Gregorian chants? Because I... Weirdly, I've got into Gregorian chants lately. So the Gregorian chants started playing quite loudly on our little speaker. And the peanut ball was between my legs and I was on my back. And for the last probably six weeks of the pregnancy, I hadn't been able to lie on my back. I'd been sleeping almost upright. Because every time I tried to lie down, the baby would, I would would just feel so uncomfortable and feeling like the baby was upset. Anyway, the second I lay down with this fucking peanut ball, Sorry, Becca, I'll stop swearing when you're a bit older. Um, The heart rate started dropping. So I had the CTG monitoring on, which you have to have the entire time for induction, which is also quite physically limiting. So you just hear this beep and the beep suddenly gets slower. And suddenly the midwife comes over and is a bit, kind of goes quiet and everything goes quiet. And then suddenly these doctors rushed in. I had to kind of sit up. It was an emergency situation. I just looked at Alfie. I said, turn the Gregorian chance off. And he just looks at me. And I never know if he's scared or not because he's so good at hiding that. So I, I just flipped out. I started crying. I had to just close my eyes with fear. And I just waited for the sound of the heartbeat to come back. And it didn't come back for four minutes, almost five minutes. The doctor had to put his fingers inside me, try and move the baby to see if that triggered a, him to... For his heart to beat again. Oh, it was just—it was—it was such a low point. Um, and I just after about five minutes, they said, "Okay, we're gonna have to take you off the oxytocin now because the baby was distressed." Um, don't worry, everything's fine. But we are gonna monitor the baby now a bit more heavily with this wire. If we're gonna put it on his head, and it's a really uncomfortable wire. So they put that up you that attaches itself to the head and you've just got this thick wire dangling out your vagina. It's horrible. And it also, it's a very loud heartbeat then because it's direct from the brain. So it's just like, dun, 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 to add to all the other like quite scary sounds from the CCGG CCGG stuff. So again, I was like, well, I can't move now. I've got this wire between my whatever you know I've just got this wire hanging out me I can't move I can't oh so I just gave up really in in a a way and I said okay I'll just try and sleep Alfie let's try and sleep but then whenever I looked at Alfie and he was sleeping I'd be like Alfie wake up and then apparently I would just put my head back and then immediately start snoring about half an hour later they decided to start the oxytocin again which was great I kind of that happened in my sleep and then probably around 3 a.m I I was woken up essentially with contractions, proper contractions. Still not scream your head off contractions, but definitely actual ones compared to what you think a contraction is in the latter part of your pregnancy. You're like, oh, this must be what a contraction is. <laughs> up until you're having a fucking contraction, they're like, oh, that's what a contraction is. Now I know. Silly me. Um. You might have lovely contractions. I don't want to put you off. Sorry if I am. So 3am and I thought, okay, great. I'm having contractions. The oxytocin's up. Maybe this is going to, you know, it'll be over soon and I'll have a baby in my arms and we can carry on with our lives and, you know, be happy and everything's going to be great. Well, it took a little bit longer. Um, we, I managed to have the confidence to put some music back on. I said, no more Gregorian chants, but we put our playlist back on and I got up on my all four stance and I started using the gas and air, but probably it was about two hours of no progression. As they say, I couldn't get over the four to five centimeter hump. And I was knackered. I just was so fatigued and I hadn't eaten properly because I was so nervous. And then you can't eat once you start having oxytocin. So I was I was so sleep deprived anyway because of 10 <laughs> and and then the energy kind of pouring out of me with these contractions. So I was really struggling and got to about 5am and I noticed that I was getting a bit weaker, but they kept putting the oxytocin up without telling me really, which was good because I think if I had known, I'd have been like, no, don't, I don't want to die, but they put it right up to 36 which is really high and I didn't know it but they were doing it then because they they needed me to get over that hump or whatever they mean they needed me to progress otherwise that was the baby not me (laughs) (laughs) oh no you definitely heard that that was the baby oh god okay I'll change you in a second I'm almost finished okay Becca almost finished oh um so, oh gosh, okay, I, I'm just going to change him. Wait one second. I'm back. That's probably the 20th nappy I've changed today. Um, That's including 10. My mum is staying, so my mum's done a lot of nappies, which has been very nice. Um, I was actually considering buying a nappy bin for the first time. I've never bought a nappy bin. Maybe this time I'll treat myself. Um, so it got to about 5 a.m. and I'd done two hours of quite intense contractions. I was physically depleted um, and starting to get worried that I can't continue. I couldn't sit down because it was too much pressure down there. And it was, I was still only about five centimetres. So... It was looking a bit scary for the. Uh... I could have easily probably had to have a C-section. I mean, I was I was just assuming that that was going to happen earlier when I had the heart rate drop with the fucking peanut ball. Um, I think they invented that that day, and I was the guinea pig. Anyway, um, so I was growing quite tense. I had to kind of shut my eyes quite a lot and go into my gas and air other dimension. Alfie was amazing. He kept kind of squeezing my hand and I was killing his hand with my my squeezes and digging my nails into him and I just wanted to hurt him as much as possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was just great actually. I think that was his best performance out of all four births, given that he was only there for about 10 minutes of 10s because of the uh, him having a shower, um, which he says because he thought that it would take a lot longer. And to be fair to him, you know, it should have taken a lot longer. Anyway, I was just in agony. It was so painful. <laughs> It was so much more painful than I remembered and it it was it was no, it was as painful as ten and Margot. Donnie, I don't really because of the epidural, it was so different. But it was it was just lasted so much longer. So the pain was as bad, but it just the length made everything so much worse. It was just relentless pain. You know, maybe three contractions every ten minutes. That that, Then that increased and then there just seemed to be no light at the end of the tunnel and I don't know, I was just so desperate for it to be over and to have the baby in my arms and then finally at about, I don't know, 6am, 5.45, it started to become clear that it was going to a whole new plane of pain and I desperately... You know, wanted to get the head out and thinking, oh, if I get the head out, then the next bit will be easy. Because usually you get the head out and then the next push is the last push and it's done. But for some reason, the head just would not come out. And I just knew I was so near the end. And I also knew that this was crunch time. And if something went wrong now, it would be emergency C section, which was my fear. I did not want to have an emergency C section. I'd have been fine with a planned section. Because then, you know, it can be a joyful experience. But an emergency C-section after all of those hours, I just felt like I just really didn't want that. And I know that so many labours end like that. And I, I just, yeah, I know that it can be still a brilliant experience, but I just didn't, I was too scared. I was just too scared. I'm scared. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a scaredy cat. I don't want that knife. I don't want the, I just, I just didn't want it. I just was too scared of that. Which is ridiculous, because at the end of the day, you want your baby. You don't, you know, I would have been fine if I'd had to have an emergency section, it would have been okay. But I don't know, I'd got irrationally scared about it. Um so the hair just wouldn't come out. I I pushed so hard, I tried so hard, and finally it felt like that's another that's another Becca fart. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> Um. finally he came out and it felt horrendous it felt like pushing out a giant chicken didn't it and the midwife told me afterwards when she was everything was fine and we were in that lovely afterbirth kind of haze she was like oh so I didn't want to tell you but He came out with his fists over his ears, which is why it was quite difficult. And I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it wasn't a head. I knew it was something different. It did feel like pushing out a chicken. That's all I can say. It just felt like a chicken. And he had to come out and won because I don't know why, but it was just, it was impossible to, that push just was the, anyway, I don't want to go into too much graphic detail. And He immediately cried, which was just so calming. I immediately started kind of convulsing, shaking from the oxytocin and was unable to move really. I was up on all fours still, so I had to be helped around so that they could cut the cord, Alfie cut his cord. And apparently I had a very, very short cord, which might have been why, I don't know, I don't know, maybe that explains something about the pregnancy and how strange it was at points, but the cord was really short. So it meant that getting the placenta out was really not as easy as it should have been. I mean, once you've had the baby, you think the placenta is going to be easy, but it's like giving birth to another baby. And also I had a huge clot or something disgusting, like before the placenta. So I thought I got the placenta out, but they were like, no, that's just a clot. Oh, okay. Okay i just give birth to another baby um it felt like pushing out three varying sizes of baby um and I shook so much I had to have a flannel between my mouth like a gag which I did with Margot, I think and Alfie took a photo of him on the table and I didn't hold him for a little bit because I was shaking too much but then when I finally held him he immediately found my boob and was just delightful and the whole experience since has been just just so like so nice and I feel so grateful and amazed and just lucky just so lucky um I I did constantly feel like someone was going to come up to me and say I'm sorry we have to take him away now he's actually not yours I fully expected someone to knock on the door and say, Yep, yeah, you've had your five minutes, time to go. And every day, day, that's not really far from my mind. It's only been two weeks and I, well, a little bit over two weeks, and I still feel just so every minute with him is like just such a joy. I'm sorry to sound too overly, um, I don't know, I don't. I feel, I feel like scared saying that, but I just... Oh, no, that's the mic. Don't pull the mic. Oh, it's okay. I think that's our cue to end, isn't it? Him wailing is the cue to end. I am very grateful for you listening to this podcast. Thank you. I'm going to continue now weekly with updates from this fourth trimester, they like to say. Um... I have written about the birth in more detail on Patreon. It's a bit more intimate. If you wanted to read more detailed account, if you like a birth story, I really like reading birth stories. That's why I did it. Um, yeah, there's a, you just, it's three pounds a month, which is basically a coffee. Um, buy me a coffee. And I'm going to be back next week. And if you have any topics you want me to discuss in this uh, newborn phase, realm, let me know. Um and I really, if anyone is still pregnant, uh I hope that your birth is positive and um yeah, I think luck is is a huge factor actually. I think I think it can be quite hit and miss and things can, can get just messy. <laughs> um and it's just such a an amazing thing to be able to birth a child. And um, I'm now very tired, which is why I've just got very slow and serious. And I'm going to stop saying anything now. And I'm going to try and watch something on my iPad. Probably Jared Leto being creepy in We Crashed. Sorry, Becca, we're going now bye-bye see you soon thank you for listening and i wish you all the best bye